we've got another fan question here from Falling Porpoise, who asks, or says rather, thanks for the podcast. I've been greatly enjoying for uh, greatly enjoying it. I was wondering what each of your appendix N would contain. That is, what are your top three sources for D and D character and storyline inspiration? Thanks. Uh, so basically, what are your top three sources for the characters or uh, for those of us who are DMs, which is a lot of people in this group also, uh, inspirations for campaign stories, etc. I'll go last. Hmm. Sure. That's a big question. Yeah. I can go first because this is was my first time playing D&D, so I didn't really draw off of too much besides the handbook and kind of just my own thinking and ideas so i didn't really know what to draw off of that's fair would you say that i mean leyland is obviously influenced a little bit by tropes um like you might see in like legolas for example oh yeah so it yeah, doesn't like this doesn't necessarily have to just be D D source material yeah oh yeah i mean he's definitely you know a little bit of this and that with uh the tropes and then uh maybe a little bit of name of the wind in there as well king killer chronicles so delicious not necessarily for this character but in the past um i've drawn from uh tris Dorden in um r.a salvatore's books i've i've drawn from drawn from him and other characters in that uh, that series for both my own characters and campaigns. Um, and I, actually, another one of my campaigns was... Uh, it, it was it was lightly based on uh, the first campaign I ever played in, and it was one that Joe ran back in... Uh, what was it, 2010? Maybe, yeah. like, nine, uh, ten years ago, Joe? That would have been... The summer of 2011. So I drew some of the early ideas for um, some of your adventures, for some of my adventures for the first campaign I ever I ever wrote, um, like that Tower of Elemental Powers. Um, so, some of my some of my puzzles too were I, I didn't have a perfect memory of them, but they were loosely based on I think some of the puzzles that you had come up with. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've, they've all been pretty, pretty fun characters. I do play, uh, I've played a few druids and I've, I've tried to play them different each time. And those, those have usually been just kind of something that I, I came up with, uh, of, uh, I guess whole cloth rather than stitched from something else. But I do like to draw from other sources. Those are some of them delicious and touching thank you i didn't know that i feel yeah. warm and fuzzy. i even had body knock in my first campaign i do remember he, that he he was a villain he was a villain he was he turned out he was originally you know your uh, the character's um uh benefactor and then at some point in like eight or ninth level he he turned on them and and tried to to kill them and stormed off to become an even bigger villain. As all great. good mentors and benefactors do. <laughs> uh, 
Christopher Zachary Waffle? Hmm. So I guess, like, for me, this question is sort of two separate ones of like, what inspired, what three things inspired your character, and then what three things do you typically draw inspiration from for like just in general? I think for my DMing stuff, the three I probably draw from the most as like formative aesthetic is the really old strategy game Rise of Legends. Um, just because the the design of the factions in that is so cool. Yes. And like there's not been an RTS since that has that kind of just stylishness. I spent a long time playing Rise of Legends. Oh god, it's so good. Yes. Um second, I like on the more sci-fi kind of side of things, this is definitely more of a recent kind of acquisition to my style, but the culture series. Um I've been a very big fan of that for several years now. Just the the scale and scope of it is I just love it. Um and then I would say, I mean, anime, obviously, but <laughs> like it feels kind of cliche to be like, oh, yeah, I take inspiration from Evangelion. But it's like, yeah, come on. Wait, it's, what? Having, having played in other campaigns that Waffle <laughs> oh, has actually run, okay. yeah, there's a lot of Ava. <laughs> yeah, this is specifically... There's a lot of Ava and there's a lot of uh, Madoka Magica. But um, for Tarjuk specifically, um, every now and then I'll sit down and I'll ask myself, you know, what would a character in Top Gun do? <laughs> so, they're like my when I was sitting down to make Tarjux, I'm like, okay, I'm making a storm sorcerer, so obviously they have to be a Top Gun ace pilot. And then I don't know if this is drawn from a particular story or not. Like one thing I think that um, you get when you DM for a long time is that you start to forget what you've stolen things from. Yeah, and yes. I had a I had an incident recently where. Um, something I'd been using in my campaigns for a long time, um, I, is like some name or, uh, something or other. I had forgotten completely that I had stolen it from Halo until <laughs> I was replaying the, uh, replaying, I think Halo Reach, uh, just on the big TV, my roommates and I, and one of the players in one of my current campaigns walked past heard that turned and went the what and i was like <laughs> oh yeah i stole that from this <laughs> um so i don't know what i stole it from but i probably did uh, but just the idea that like a sorcerer can come into grand cosmic power without any intent or work on their part and they just have this ability to cause immense devastation but they never received the instruction manual and they oh. were never told why they have this or how to use it and i just always found that compelling and it's like an interesting way to explore and it's like yeah what would happen to a free-spirited ace pilot if they suddenly gained immense magic power excellent uh that leaves christopher and zachary and then me yeah uh i don't know you guys all know that i have a type you know, I usually play the same thing. I yeah. really like, I really like divine casters because they get, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they get the best of all the worlds. 
they really do tied, though they're not tied down to anything i can basically respec at any time they have offensive defensive capabilities um i don't know you can you can play them tank it's just there's just so much customized customization that you don't really get locked in one way or another and you can you know play the play same the, guy like different ways in at least three or four different campaigns i've been in yeah completely different ways yeah but the reason why i like playing water genazi so much is because i'm terrified i'm like a huge hydrophobe so <laughs> so like <laughs> I can't the shock therapy didn't yeah. cure you of that yeah it's one of those things where like one of my first characters i played was an atlantean because i didn't want to not be able to breathe underwater so i've just kind of gravitated toward them towards water genasi because of that you're kind of a weird your thing. war sage yeah uh yeah wasn't no ariel was the war sage yeah it was i thought there was a sword sage sword a, sage uh war, war blade sworn war war blade no. war, war blade, war blade. Yeah. God. whatever the sword sage was what ariel played I think. yeah yeah war blade was broke broken both 3.5 in general is just <laughs> that entire book yeah. the tome of battle is garbage <laughs> but not here's the thing it's not as garbage as a lot of the other stuff i ran into when you guys had graduated and i yeah. was running stuff for the rest of college well like, you you were playing for a munchkin yeah but <laughs> That stuff still existed in 3.5, technically. Yes, I had to I've, limit the I, This is by no means a defense of 3.5, but it's also like you have to actually decide to use it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've been reading some manhwa, actually, lately, um, as far as that goes. Like Tower of God. I've gotten into what's called The Gamer. It's a pretty cool manhwa where this guy um, gets uh, abilities of like a person inside a video game and he can level up and do other stuff like that which is pretty cool like he can create dungeons and grinds levels and items in order to to sell them to to get stronger it's pretty cool hmm. oh, wow. desmond does actually raise a good point here i forgot to mention i'm deathly afraid of heights so i'm <laughs> sort of a similar vein for me where i am trying to play something that's sort of 180 from what i normally do exactly. which is like yeah um fall rock or zachary i guess we're not in character right now <laughs> um, so i'll start with my inspiration for fall rock um god this goes back a ways the the donkey lineage goes back a ways um and i've made a promise to myself to have every donkey be different um and up to this point i have played well counting 3.5 there's a barbarian and he's the one that started it all and then there was a swashbuckler who is really what cemented the lineage because up until that point, I didn't have a last name for them. But as, as the legend goes, um, this Donkill, Rorik, uh, was able to take on half of an encounter at level five by himself. There's two owlbears and he killed one by himself and the rest of the party barely managed to deal with the other one. So at that point, I was like, this has to be a running joke. Um, this has <laughs> got to be a thing. I, I love the, the honor of the dwarves in their lore and stuff. So that's, it was my shtick. Um, but then I've been a wizard and I'm an artificer elsewhere. And ironically, there is the Dunkill mech pilot in that campaign that Waffle runs. Um, <laughs> Which is distinct from Mecha Falrock. 
Definitely, very distinct. Uh, yeah. His name is Mob. He has he has a mob. Um, but anyways, so this is really just like, what else can I be that's different from what I've already done? And I'd never really been a monk before. So I was looking through all of the things and the idea of uh, the mountain soul or the volcano soul that Falrock has really just came to me when I was reading through the sun soul stuff. And it's like that that whole there is a mountain inside of you, regardless of what sort of place you have in society. Every Donkill is a mountain that the people around them can rely upon. Really just like out of nowhere that that fits perfect. Um, I'm a writer, not by trade, but by calling, I guess. So I come up with a lot of random stuff on my own. Um, and then inspiration for campaigns and stuff. Um, well, any number of different anime. I have a huge list. Um, my favorite campaign was the most unique of all of them, which was just the idea of what if instead of like a rapture apocalypse or a nuclear apocalypse, magic replaced science. Just snap your fingers and suddenly all of your lights don't work. There's, you know, monsters outside and you can summon fire for no reason. Um, I ran that once when 5e was in playtesting and made up my own rules with it. It was a mess. It was wonderful, but it was a mess. Um, and then ever since then, the best campaign world that I've run has been that same timeline 300 years in the future when regular D&D magic has sort of cemented itself and things aren't really in flux anymore. Um, that was... That, that's probably some of the best stuff I've ever done writing-wise or campaign-wise. Um, and, and it's really just taking simple ideas and extrapolating on them that I find works best. Um, I feel like this one is sort of similar with what if the world was an egg and it hatched? What yeah, happens I mean, in the it, future? It's really all about that collaborative storytelling. You can't, you can't have the whole thing made up. Right. You, you can't do it all yourself, but just having one idea and then just building off of that. You yeah. Know, yeah. What, what if... no need to reinvent the wheel. Exactly. There, there's so many stories always being told that whatever you do is going to be unique for you, but somebody else has probably heard it already. So it really is just important that you take that uniqueness for you and do it as best you can and have as much fun with it as you can. Excellent. As for me personally, um, character-wise, I like wizards. No, <laughs> uh, really. People know mm, this. About we say me. that. We say that. They, nobody else has the history of all the wizards you've ever done. <laughs> I couldn't even Never begin to recount them. It's been like I've been playing D and D for fifteen years. There are a lot of wizards in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of wizards. Um, but one I of typically... which I called upon to be a final boss. Yes. Yeah, they fun. usually make cameo appearances. Yeah, there's a lot of cameos. Wizards do kick ass, though. Like, let's be clear. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other characters scattered in there too. But I'm, I'm almost when I play, almost always a spellcaster in some capacity. Um, I think the furthest I've ever strayed from that was a paladin who exclusively cast compelled duel 
so that he could force people to fight him in single combat. <laughs> and the requisite Paladin Smite spell that he got as well, but that's sword-based. It doesn't really count as magic if it's on a sword. Hardly <laughs> use. Um, but yeah, I, I, I gravitate towards spellcasters, but since 5th edition has come out, I've tried to try a different flavor of spellcaster every time. I think I've only had two wizards in 5th edition. I've played a couple sorcerers. I am currently playing a spore druid, which is fun. I enjoy, I enjoy that subclass immensely. Uh, as for storylines and writing and stuff, I, I Waffle already addressed this. I read <laughs> so much fantasy and sci-fi, and I have played D and D for so long that it's just one enormous blur and. Listeners to this podcast would probably be better at picking out influences than I would at this point. Yeah. It's all just, like, integrated into my psyche and therefore into the stories that I'm telling. Yeah. I like to think that what I'm doing is usually unique in some respects, but, like, people have done so much writing all over the world that somebody else has to have done it already by now, right? The best I guarantee you there's a tree ship somewhere, but I guarantee, also can guarantee you that uh, the crew of that tree ship is very different. Yes. <laughs> but that's not on me. That's on you guys. You wrote that. <laughs> and that tree ship doesn't have a mayonnaise printer. Neither does this one. We can, cannot guarantee. <laughs> yes, it does. That's what we should buy from the gnomes. A mayonnaise printer? <laughs> printer. Look, that's, that's off topic for this. Um, I... I draw a lot, generally speaking, I have five fantasy authors that I hold in very high regard. I've got, there's Terry Pratchett, obviously. Yeah. You, you, you will be able Our to world. find <laughs> Pratchett influences everywhere um, in, in this. Uh, Gaiman, who heavily influences how I deal with the Feywild, which you guys haven't really seen very much of yet. We've actively avoided it. Yeah, you've gone out of your terrifying. way not to interact with that portion. Uh, Tolkien, obviously. Um, Sanderson is a big influence. And I, when I originally started this out, I was trying to be very Sandersonian and like make everything fit together neatly in a fashion that made sense and was logical and internally consistent. I was like, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. Well, so, you can't do that without having the end in mind, right? Like, yeah. you can't fill in the middle without having the... Well, I do. End. That's the thing. Like, I know where you guys are going. I have the whole arc plotted out for the most yeah, part. Yeah, we're going to get in a giant mech and fight the hatchling. <laughs> <laughs> Something like it's that. A, it's all right it's there. a mech made of the continent. <laughs> <laughs> the foreshadowing has been there the whole time. <laughs> And the, this the world is our savior. Is, damn it! I've I had this list all prepared and I've gone and forgotten who the last author is that I like dearly love. Not loved. Jim Butcher, is it? Rothfuss? No. Oh, didn't I? I did I not already say Rothfuss? No. Yeah, you didn't. You know, okay. he didn't. Patrick Rothfuss um, is another huge influence. And while I am becoming increasingly bitter and jaded about the status of the final <laughs> Kingkiller book. Just, um, just keep reading Stormlight Archives. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, I, that comes out consistently. But Rothfuss has Someday. some of the most amazing prose I have ever read. Did it get delayed again? It's it was never delayed because he's never That's announced a, a release date. I was gonna say you can't have <laughs> yeah. a delay when you just you never... can't delay a release <laughs> if you never release it. But yeah. just I so... figured he was doing the. Uh, no, uh, he's he's not doing the George R. R. Martin thing. Yeah, that's what I was... he has a show in the works, right? Yeah, or that's... At least he said he was. He had one. He he turned most of that over to Lin Manuel Miranda, though. Um, anyway, Rothfuss, beautiful prose. Um, we've only been waiting for nine and a half years for book three, but that's fine. Fine. Um, It'll but be yeah. good. So those are those are kind of the major influences that I have when I'm thinking of stories and. You may notice a trend like sweeping grand stories with intricate details and twists and turns that that's kind of characterized. And then you have Pratchett, who is basically Monty Python, but in a fantasy setting. Which really, I think like most D&D games end up a little bit like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Terry Pratchett is an inadvertent patron saint of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah, so... Uh, does anybody have any like closing comments or other things they thought of they want to add? I don't think we're going to attach uh, this to an episode. I think this is going to be a separate standalone thing because we've been talking for 20 minutes. We have, yeah. Uh, I guess my closing comment is that I cast Featherfall. Don't worry, Falling Porpoise. You're good. <laughs> no, that defeats the whole purpose. Okay, so yeah, it's not the reaction you. if you say it 20 minutes later. No, it's fine. It's whenever they fall. I'm, oh, well, that's true. It, yeah. Anytime that I DM something, it's always in the same world, which I think like, it's just a different part of the story I'm telling. Because remember, I had that dream where we were all part of uh, St. Cuthbert. We were fighting oh, yeah. the, yep. the infinite the layers of the of Saint Saint Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Yeah. Which, That's also that cool. a great re recurring gag. I'm Maybe very one proud we'll that we have not them. devolved into the bros of St. Cuthbert at all in this, <laughs> mostly because St. Cuthbert was a doesn't random, exist. It was a random like two-shot that's Somebody we don't like, what's his name? Alex or somebody decided yeah. to run, and like Joe and I, I was I was a paladin, and I had really pop like really big pop collars on. Yes. A, <laughs> yeah, like, no, that uh, was my first time plate. playing D and D. Yeah, that was it. Oh, and, like, really? Joe and I just sat there and. Um, well, yeah, Joe, you had like a scarf. You were some and kind it, of elementalist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. That Gen was from... no. It wasn't the Genazi. It was the the I Kinsei. Yeah. No, yep. not Kinsei, because that's an actual thing now. It's yeah. one of the things they didn't convert from three point five. Yeah, but it, it was very similarly themed to the Elemental Monk, the Way of Four Elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from Complete oh, Arcane. The Airbender Avatar guy. Yeah. Kind it of, was... but it, it had uh, five elements. It was total magic. It was like. Wood and metal were two of them. Yeah, uh, wood jet. Wood, metal, it was a wood fire, jet. lightning, and wind. Um, yeah, but basically, we enjoyed it so much that it became a recurring gag for like the next eight years. It's still <laughs> yeah. going today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, like I said, I'm pretty sure the only reason it hasn't come up in this one is because Saint Cuthbert doesn't exist. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah, we made the active decision not to bring it into this. Yeah. Or, or maybe the they're just campaign, not on right? this continent. Exactly. If, if anybody well, had, it would have been somebody who was touched by the far realm and is constantly pulling versions of himself from other dimensions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's dead now. Or he's captured now. We'll never see him again. 
Uh-huh. We, yeah, could, we sure. could go talk to him. We Shit. should go, we should go say bye. <laughs> we, we just got to save the Bros of St. Cuthbert for uh, Alchemist Club 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> if that guy had turned to us and then popped two collars, I would have lost all of my shit. I would have cast lightning bolt on my own face. <laughs> it may be something that pops up. <laughs> yeah. But basically just if you find something funny and it's funny enough to keep going, keep it. Yep. That's that's my best advice, is if you find something and you like it, keep it. That's why I play dwarves. That's why we have Bros of St. Cuthbert in every other campaign but this one. Every other like, aspect. Yeah. yeah. There, there's so much. The, the uh, dwarves eating rocks and bearded women stuff, it has been in almost every other campaign where I've been a dwarf. That's why I got so tired of it so quickly this time. Which I would I would like to point out, Every other campaign where Zach has played a dwarf is almost all of them. <laughs> okay, I am, I am like seventy thirty dwarves to non-dwarves. Maybe you're playing other campaigns without me that I'm not. No, he's he's definitely a dwarf in mine. <laughs> like I said, I'm seventy thirty. I can name four character. No, two. Three no, half no, a character. Three. There are three characters where I have not been. They've been one shots mostly, but I have not right. been a dwarf in those. Yep, that's where I, I haven't wasted dawn kills on one shots, basically. <laughs> all right. Um... So my closing remark to all you DMs out there is: if you steal everything, it's basically like you stole nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> and if you're not recording and monetizing your your stolen work you can't get in trouble for it true probably we're, we're recording but the just tell the court it's a parody you'll be fine yeah it's a, well, a fair use creative commons whatever i'm not a lawyer daniel what's the <laughs> <laughs> fair that use is, love right that is not my field <laughs> You're allowed to make fun of stuff and not. Yeah, he does bird law. Come on. Satire. Satire. Uh, I am definitely a bird. Yeah, bird law. I don't know what that noise was. Someone was dribbling. We'll we'll fix it in post. (laughs) Like we do everything. Yes. Um. Anyway, I'll. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Sorry that it's like a a whole half hour. Well, this will probably go up like in the middle of the week sometime. I don't I'll, think they'll be sorry. I'll I think they'll be appreciative. Trim it down, get rid of some of the dead air, and and have Christopher post it when it's done. I love listener mail. I love too. listener mail oh, too. Uh, this is coming. Uh, we also received uh, listener oh. gifts. We have uh, a dear friend of ours, Kenny, uh, made us all Hero Forge miniatures. I have them currently, and I'm waiting for my brother to develop. He's he's an actual film photographer. I'm waiting for him to develop the action shots of our party together. Um, and then I'm going to be sending them out to their respective characters. Unfortunately, we don't have a DM one, but I, yeah. I think that's okay. Because what what one character out of this whole thing... Okay, Maravaggio. <laughs> or, Sa- or, or Sa- I was going to yeah. say Fizz Widget Gamble Goose. <laughs> Well, what about your girl? What about, uh... Oh, shoot. 
uh, still... And Gloria Faewin? And Gloria, Gloria. Faewin, that's the one. We're going to have to get a complete set of Iconoclast action figures. Oh my yeah. god, yes! That, that'll be the next <laughs> thing we, we work towards. But yeah, uh, coming soon to a Twitter new you, uh, group mini photos. Yeah, so keep an eye on our Twitter page for that. I don't, I don't actually know if anybody's used our Twitter page in a long time. It's been a while since wow. I've touched it because I have been far too busy on the weekdays. We'll get better at that, probably. Hopefully. Uh, if anyway. not, we'll be much better when we go to Patreon. I suppose, yeah. <sighs> One okay, day. well, thank you for the question, Falling Porpoise. Uh, I hope you enjoy the half-hour answer of rambling and nonsense that you got. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll clean this up a little bit. I'll tack her in some sort of intro on the front, um, since this is going up uh, as its own thing. But we've been the Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your question reader. Uh, everybody else is here, also people. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Joe's normally Great. the only one that says thank that, you. but we're all very appreciative. Send us more mail. I like Please. I like doing Q and A things. It's wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. <laughs>